Welcome to Let the Play Develop podcast. I'm joined as always by my co-hosts Seth and Nate. My name's Steven and we're going to get straight into this week's episode. We have a a couple of things. First, we have some more weekly news as always and then we have a new segment called Pick One. So, lots of good stuff to get into today. Very true. Um, so, as a Wizards fan, I just want to declare I'm coming out of my depression. I think I finally see light for the future. Good for you, man. Yeah, it's, it's been a hard, long road, but I think I've come to terms that we should trade Bradley Beal. Ah. Wow. That's definitely true. You should. In the offseason. The fact that he's wanted to not be on that team for the last three years. He's. I don't know. He's been back and forth. He can't make a clear statement. <laughs> he's like, I want to be here. I don't want to be here. Or I don't think he said, I don't want to be here, but the media keeps saying that. But yeah. then he keeps saying, I want to be here. But I think it's for the money. Yeah, that's fair. It's that toxic relationship that you just can't get rid of. Dear yeah. God. Uh, uh, as a UNC fan, I'm still mourning the loss from uh, Sunday. Me and Stephen were actually at the UNC-NC State games. So that was a tough existence for me. What a time. Yeah. <laughs> PNC then, has not been so loud in a long time. Then we were all at the NC State Wake Forest game. We were. And um, so this is the week that Seth has endured two NC State games in the yeah. same week. How are you feeling? Honestly, Wednesday was fun. It was fun. Yeah, it's just because, yeah, I it, mean, it makes sense. I was fine. I, I was glad they beat Wake Forest. Rest I wasn't as happy that we didn't beat Notre Dame by a lot, but it's okay. It is what it is. Hey, we got the win. At least you guys were able to beat Clemson. Very <laughs> true. I mean, we weren't, we had, I'm going to be honest, if a team is able to shoot like above 55% from three, it's hard to beat them. <laughs> That's on fire, fire. Very fair. There's two losers for the week. Loser number one. Wake Forest, because they not only took the loss, but they lost their best players. I, know, I, feel, um, so, yeah. I feel so bad. Maybe for them. maybe they're fine. I hope they are. They should have been a tournament team, and they really lost. Loss number two: the pride of Virginia fans because they lost by fifteen to Boston College. That makes no sense. And I guarantee you, tonight when they play Carolina, they'll play well, and we'll just be confused as to how they lost by fifteen. I'm so scared that I they're going to come out with a vengeance. NC State was able to go to Boston College and win by 30. Okay, so Virginia is surely better than losing by 15. <laughs> I think the spirits of Kyle Guy and DeAndre Hunter are going to possess the Virginia team, and they're going to dominate. And Malcolm Brogdon is going to come back and help them tonight. I was going to say, that's like the one get Like, Tony Bennett just – I think he likes playing UNC just because for some reason he matches up perfectly against what they tried to do. Yeah. Okay, well, that's a good point. Anyways – Let's get right into your weekly news segment. So starting off with the NFL, uh, Brock Purdy is aiming for a March elbow surgery for the injury that he sustained in the, I think it was the um, NFC, NFC Championship. Yeah. Uh, they were, they've been waiting for the swelling in his right elbow to reduce. That's what's taking so long. The, uh, the, the actual... Um, Injury? Injury, thank you. Is um, diagnosis, that's what I was looking for. Okay, there you go. Is a torn ulnar, ulnar collateral ligament? Owner. Owner? Okay, sorry. Oh, thank thank you. That's why we have I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, don't you have like a medical degree? <laughs> Not exactly. Almost. But it's it somewhat. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a six month recovery period, which puts him getting back in August, barring any additional surgeries, which he may have to have to repair anything else that doesn't heal properly when he has the surgery. Have they tried putting ice on it to get the swelling <laughs> down? <laughs> no, real God. quick, though, is the – he's expected to come back in August. Like, he's ready to play. He should be ready to play in August or – Yeah, apparently. 
that's an insane turnaround. That is. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, Trey Lance apparently is going to handle all the uh, preseason duties <laughs> with the Trey team, Lance. like camp and everything. He, um, Trey Lance was like on a podcast and he was like trying to say that wasn't a, which he was right to an extent, like that wasn't a real NFC championship. I mean, they didn't have a quarterback, so I, I get that. <sighs> what do you mean? Fault Christian McCaffrey was going to go crazy. That's yeah. wild. All right. Oh, wait, real quick. What would oh. you guys do if you're like the 49ers? Do you stick with the guy that you, I mean, lost so much draft capital for, with Trey Lance? Or do you like go with Brock Purdy who got you to an NFC championship? Here's what I would do if I was behind the scenes of the 49ers. I'm going to say, hey, Brock, I know you're healthy, but you're not actually healthy. Mm-hmm. We're benching you until week six. Trey Lance is going to play those six games. And as we approach, I don't know when the trade deadline is in the NFL, whatever that, how that yeah, lines it's like up. Seven or eight, as we approach that trade deadline, I'm like, oh, look, Brock Purdy's returning to health. Look how good Trey Lance has been playing, guys. And then I trade him for staff. Ah. Capital. <clears throat> That's fair. I mean, that seems like a fair way to handle it. We'll see if you're right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on from that, the Rams released all pro middle linebacker Bobby Wagner. I think he. I didn't, you know, excuse me, I didn't watch a whole lot of Rams games, but I think he played okay this season, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, he'll probably get picked up somewhere for his leadership. And what year was he all pro? Because uh, it's been a while, right? Has it been a while? I feel like he made it two years ago. That, that could, could be, be wrong. right. I mean, it's just like football cliffs are so steep. Like once are. you step off, That's you start. True. Not that Bobby Wagner was necessarily bad. I, I want him in my locker room. But he's just, you know, Legion of Doom was a long time ago. <laughs> Legion of Boom, sorry. No, I mean, you're you're right. I, you know, sometimes with uh, the we focus more on the NBA, and even a guy who's, like, on a decline can be on a decline for a couple years before he gets useless. And then even, like, Carmelo Anthony, people thought he was done. He was still able to have a fantastic NBA comeback. But, like, <clears throat> it's not quite the same in the NFL. <laughs> Look at um, Vince Carter. He's a good picture of that mm-hmm. he was as uh he's a six-time first team all pro 2014 2016 through 2020 and then three-time second team all pro 2015 2021 and 2022 okay wait so you made second team all pro last year last year yeah okay okay so yeah he still had that he can't help that he was that the rams had the biggest uh hangover so- super bowl hangover <laughs> You know, this is like a whole – this could be a whole segment talking about the Rams' future, but, like, they don't have a whole lot of draft capital. No. Their team looked awful this past year. They dealt with a lot of injuries. They're trying to trade Jalen Ramsey. Like Their team's getting kind of older now. Aaron Donald could be retiring. Like, ooh. What if I told you that Bobby Wagner had that dog in him? I would believe <laughs> I want him on the, pa- on the Panthers, please. Oh, I yeah. want him on the Panthers now. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Panthers I'd, would really benefit from the defensive leadership of Bobby. I just mm-hmm. want J.C. Horn to play a whole season. Just that- have someone in the <laughs> middle. Because we have – our linebacker core is probably what needs the most work out of everything because our line's nice, our secondary's nice. That middle linebacker spot needs needs some help. True. And we need cornerback depth. He could be yes, the too. second coming of Thomas Davis for your team. I would love that. That <laughs> would be awesome. To play in a Super Bowl with his arm looking like a football. <laughs> and um, – <laughs> Anyways, moving on from that, Russell Wilson. Uh, so this has been a report that came out this week. Yeah. Apparently the reason that the Seahawks traded away Russell Wilson was that he wanted Pete Carroll gone. Out the door? Out the door. And, the, of course, Russell Wilson denies it because what is he going to say? Oh, yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> but uh, I kind of believe it because – 
Uh, no, I believe it, but um, it I probably was, became like a me or him situation. I think that Russell Wilson, uh, his brand is the nice guy persona. So if that came out and it was true, that hurts his brand. Yeah. I think the Subway commercials hurt it hurt his brand. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. I'm sorry, Russ. Uh, I respect you as a quarterback. I just and I respect you as a person. I just think that they're sometimes that where you just have to flow with your personality rather than trying to push a narrative. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's tough because, like, obviously, I mean, we probably will never know for sure if that's true, but there definitely seems to be some, like, there's a fragment of truth in that. And, I, I mean, think he came out just a couple of hours ago and said that, like, Russell, I mean, that uh, Pete Carroll's always been, like, a father figure to him and – excuse me for forgetting, but their GM is the same one that drafted him, and he was the one that trusted him and gave him a chance, and so he would never do that to them, but, you know. What would the Seahawks benefit out of this narrative, considering they did better than Russ did? Yeah, I don't think they have anything to prove. No, I don't think think They wouldn't gain anything, right? No. The only thing that person who would gain anything out of this is Russ if he proved that he didn't say that. Yeah. Right. You know, I don't know. And even then, I don't think it proves anything. I I think it just doesn't discount him as, like, the nice guy. Yeah, I I still don't think it just makes him seem like he's not the nice guy. I mean, now, there's a difference between saying it's me or him or saying I want Pete Carroll fired. Mm -hmm. Those are two different things, you know? Like, they both mean the same thing, but there's a tonal difference between those. Um, Honestly, whatever happened, it worked out for the Seahawks. They looked nice this year. What a comeback from Geno Smith. Um, and they still have their wide receiver core. Their defense didn't look too great, but they played. Well, they got some good rookies. That's they what matters. Some good rookies. They did. They got Kobe Bryant on their team. That's kind of crazy. That is. <laughs> um, just real quick question, just because, you know, we can throw a question to any segment of news. Do you think Russell Wilson is going to bounce back next year? Like the Broncos offense, do you think it's due for an uptick? Or are we yes. expecting more of the same? He looked so much better after Nathaniel Hackett was gone. I think it'll be better than it was last year. I don't think they could get worse. I don't know how much better. That's the thing. Well, you got um, Sean Payton coming in. That does help a lot. Small quarterback coach, so you know he's going to turn him into that Drew Brees play style. Dear God, and having Javante Williams back, surely. What I mean, I don't know when he's going to come back, but or what he's going to look like when he comes back. That's also that's very true. Yeah, I. It has to go up at least a little bit. You would imagine. Yeah, hopefully. Anyways, for for the sake of Sean Payton and Russell Wilson and main stars on that team. Just yeah. two old heads trying to make it through. I was yeah. going to say, because Sean Payton's going to want something to prove, because, like, do we know anything about Sean Payton as a coach without Drew Brees? I mean, not. I'm, no, but, I mean, at the same time, he's built enough of an he's built enough of a legacy that he was worth the late first-round pick. Right, yeah, right. Which is kind of crazy that you traded a first-round pick for a coach. Just that's that, just that's so nice to me that you can trade for coaches in the NFL. Well, it's that's just because so he was still – I was going to say, yeah. he was still under contract with the Saints when he, like – I want your stadium. I mean, wasn't it, wasn't it – um, was it Kyle Korver or J.J. Reddick that was involved was in, the, Kyle in the printer trade? Yeah, he got traded for a pr- uh, for money <laughs> that was used to buy a printer. Kyle Korver, Wait, what? when he was drafted, was traded – Two are from the Brooklyn. I think the Brooklyn Nets drafted him, and they traded him away for a printer, basically. That's so disrespectful. That is. <laughs> I mean, they got more cash considerations than that, but still. But, like, the big thing that they got from the Kyle Corver well, trade was printer. a printer. So that's that's tough. And uh, uh, before we move on from the NFL, uh, Matt Nagy has been promoted to offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. 
you know, because he looked so great as the head coach of uh, the Bears, and their offense Time out. didn't let's, get extremely better this be, year after he left. Before we get disrespectful, let's, we can't say, oh, has Sean Payton been carried by the, the success of Drew Brees in the same concept? Has Matt Nagy been destroyed by the terribleness of Mitch Trubisky? No, Matt, I, I will never give Matt Nagy credit. I'm sorry. I mean, he looked, <laughs> they did have a good offense there for one year. I'm pretty sure they ran the ball on first down, on second and nine, and then on third and eight. I'm pretty are, sure that's all they Are you they sure did you're not him. talking about the Panthers' offense last season? That's true. <laughs> but it's just look at the difference between Matt Nagy with Justin Fields the year before this year, and then look at what Justin Fields and that offense was able to do this year when they didn't have Matt Nagy. I mean, that's a good point, but was Justin, he developed, too. That is that's true. also fair. Maybe I'm just he, glad that Patrick Mahomes is Matt Nagy proof, so we'll never hopefully. know. Uh, he will be, because Andy Reid will probably be caught in the plays. That's he's fair, be yeah. Glorified. I mean, yeah, he's got Andy Reid there, so it that doesn't matter true. either way. <laughs> good point, good point. That's very true. Moving on from the NFL, in the NBA this week, veteran guard Patrick Beverly signed with the Bulls. Um, he said he wanted to take out the Lakers in the playoffs. I don't know how that's going to work because, as of right now, I don't think either of them are even slated to make the playoffs. No, the, the Lakers will make the playoffs. The The Bulls, I would be surprised if they made the playoffs. They're, they will not make it out of the first round. Like, the Lakers at least have a chance to make it out of the first round. The Fair. Bulls will not make it out of the first round. The Bulls' defensive rating went up by 13 points, though, I'm sure, like, in 2K terms. Because <laughs> they played Brooklyn and held them to 50 points when they had 100 Last oh, yeah. night in the fourth quarter with nine minutes 50, less, yeah. the score was 101 to 51. Pat Bev's first night. I, yeah. All credit to Pat well, Bev. No okay. one else on the Bulls. No, I'm just kidding. I do that. have to say it makes a lot of sense for the Bulls because, like, what they're really missing from last And think about it. Like, they were a good team last year. I, they completely fell apart in the playoffs. But they were a good team in the regular season last year, and the big piece that they're missing that they had last year was Alonzo Ball. So – it kind of – I'm not saying, you know, Pat Beverly makes up for not having Alonzo Ball, but, like, defensively it kind of gives you the same. Yeah. So it, it makes sense, yeah. but they're not making it to the finals. I don't think that's, and you that, know, crazy to say. That leads us into our next bit of news. Alonzo, out, Alonzo Ball is out for the remainder of the season. Didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, they just uh, – the Bulls just announced they're, they're letting him recover fully. They're not trying to bring him back at all this season. He should have never put his foot into a BBB shoe. Nah, bro. Nope. <laughs> The big that was brand. the end of the end. <laughs> that was that's so sad because he has he's such a great defender, man. He's amazing mm-hmm. and he playmaker and good playmaker. Now. He, yeah, he had improved once tremendously he to, as a shooter. Yeah, once he got to New Orleans, he like figured out how to shoot the ball, and he's been good ever since then. I wonder why he forgot how to shoot between college and pro, and then learned how to shoot again because his form wasn't great. But yeah. he was shooting good with that form in college. He was, but it's just I maybe think NBA players are just quicker to contest. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't get it off in time because you're bringing the ball all the way from one shoulder to the other before exactly. you're shooting. And it's it kind off. of a, a low release point, so I don't think it. You know, I just don't playing think against it, taller, average, taller players. Yeah, it's not going to help him. Speaking of shooting forms, do y'all remember um, Ryan Anderson? Of course, yeah, he was that a great stretch forward. That form was beautiful. That was random. I know, I know, but I think him and Clay Thompson have the best shooting forms uh, in the league. Probably, I, yeah. Well, Ryan Anderson's nice. retired, but you know what I mean. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's literally what, that, uh, the last like Rockets team he was on, that's all he was on that team to do was just shoot the ball. Yep. Stand, he, stand in your corner, and when you're open, shoot the ball. And he got paid bank to do it, too. Honestly. You just described the role of P.J. Tucker, too. 
At least P.J. Tucker provided defense. He can, yeah, he can play defense. Oh, yeah, that's fair. I wasn't trying to discount. He's known for his defense. Yeah, but, but on, on offense, the offense, you're in that corner. In the corner. No, yeah, don't really, move. <laughs> he's a great corner shooter, and that's because he doesn't leave the corner. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, so uh, Russell, Westbrook, Russell Westbrook signs with the Clippers after being weighed by the Jazz. I love I just, it. I think it's funny that he went to the other L.A. team. I like it. And he dropped 17 points, 14 assists last night. Yep. They lost, but they put up 175 points. Only so thing how is, mad can you be? Seven turnovers. Yeah, and, and Andy fouled out, which isn't great. Well, you seven can, turnovers. I was yeah. going to say, yeah, that's bad. you can kind of give that to, like, he's still, I mean, he might not even, I'm sure he knows everyone on the team's names and stuff, but, like, he doesn't know what their tendencies to do are. So yeah. You nah. can well, attribute some of that to just the freshness of being there. He also hopefully it goes down. <laughs> it depends on when he fouled out because if filing out in a double overtime game is not unheard it's not of. bad at all. Yeah, true. And yeah, I mean, as oh, you I said, didn't think about it when double overtime. You're right. He ha- he doesn't have chemistry, so if he's on a two to one ratio now without knowing everything, and once he gets that developed, mm-hmm. that'll be a lot better. But true. I saw a video on Instagram today of just back on the Thunder. It was Russell Westbrook being hyped up by campaign on the sideline every game. It was beautiful. I know I, that was like the peak. Russell Westbrook, Thunder. I mean, it wasn't the peak Thunder as far as winning, (laughs) but, like, that was when it was hype over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Which, actually, you just mentioned it. Uh, The Kings beat the Clippers 176 to 175 in double overtime. Is that the All-Star game? second (laughs) highest scoring game in NBA history. That's crazy. It's Uh, crazy that it's the second highest. Yeah, exactly. 170 from both teams is the second highest. I think it was sometime in the 80s. I don't know what happened. Those Dear Alex God, English the days. 80s. Yeah, it was in the 80s. I can't remember. I think it was like Pistons Nuggets or something like that. Yeah, because Alex English was in that game, I'm pretty oh, sure. I, I think. I could be wrong. That but deep basketball He was knowledge. a great scorer. Yeah. Uh, in that game, De'Aaron Fox scored 42 points, 12 assists, 5 rebounds, and had 5 steals. And was a footnote on his team. He, uh, Malik Monk off the bench for the Kings scored 45 points off the bench. There goes that man. I would just like to say, me and you, so smart on basketball knowledge, it was Alex English and it was the Detroit uh, Pistons versus the Denver Nuggets. Let's go. They won 186 to 184. So, what did you say the final score of the other game was? Uh, 176, 175. So about 20 combined points off. That's crazy that they're still about 20 That's combined points off ridiculous. of that. Ridiculous. So as a Hornets fan, how does it feel to know Malik Monk is striving out in these streets now? Oh, I always liked Malik Monk. Uh, I'm I'm happy for him. I, I honestly, any player that leaves the Hornets and does great outside the Hornets, I cheer for them because yeah. as good of a as good of a player as Michael Jordan was, the owner side of Michael Jordan just doesn't I think he recently he started to step back a little bit more, but I know for a couple of years when we were awful, awful, Michael Jordan was calling a lot of shots. So. I think it's a matter of wrong place, wrong time, because Malik Monk, he was paired beside Kimba at first, right? Yeah. And yeah. they're both so short. Like, yeah. And they're, like, easy to, you know, overpower. It's it's really their defense. Him like, with LaMelo would work, I think. Yeah, true. Well, I saw – I mean, I, I haven't been to a lot of Hornets fans. I mean, Hornets games, excuse me. I've been to a whole lot of Hornets games. But I remember watching uh, Malik Monk probably score about 19. I can't remember if it was in the fourth quarter or the second half against the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis. And we, like, ended up running away from the Bucks last minute Dang. off of Malik Monk. So, I like, at that moment, I was like, okay, this guy can play. <laughs> oh, yeah. If, you, if the Hornets can beat the Bucks, then Malik Monk can play. <laughs> Dear God. Uh, so, you would think, wow, two 40-point games in, in the same game. That's insane. There was another one. 
Kawhi Leonard dropped 44 for the Clippers. Yeah, I think it's crazy. I don't even know if you said that De'Aaron Fox. Did you say that he dropped 40? Uh, yeah, he dropped 42. Yeah, that's crazy to have two 40-point scores on the same team. But three in the same game. That is wild. Nuts. Wild. That, 42, 43, and 45, right? Mm-hmm. Did, um, did, Fox 44. And, my bad. did Fox and Monk play together at Kentucky? Or were they different times? Were they uh, both Kentucky Fox and players? Monk, yeah, because that was nice. the team that the championship team for uh, UNC beat in the Final Four. Yeah, that's right. Bam Adebayo was also on that team. <laughs> Dear Lord. Mm-hmm. Kentucky's had some crazy was insane. I mean, Devin Booker came off the bench for a Kentucky team. Just think about that. Yeah, That's the, absolutely crazy. Kentucky recruiting is next level. Because mm. they know that they're going to be a one-and-done. Yeah, mm-hmm. Calipari. Calipari didn't mind one-and-dones. And it, it actually, I mean, not to get into the college basketball landscape of things, but things are definitely changing a little bit. Mm-hmm. But Because, like, now, I mean, you know, it's going back to kind of like a four-year player is very valuable for your team to have, and you can get them in the transfer portal. That's a whole other conversation. But yeah, I think that's happening for college, but I think we're also the more the one-and-done players are choosing to play international ball. Rather than go to college or so, G League or G, I, League or G League, and now we're getting age rule <coughs> changes to where more of those players are going to be able to hop possibly straight to the league. So. Yeah. Um, and also for the Clippers, Russell Westbrook, like you said, seventeen points, fourteen assists, five rebounds, seven turnovers, and he fouled out. That's a true Russell Westbrook game right there. I, all the good it. and all the bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nick Batum had nineteen points and eight rebounds off the bench. Uh, and Norman Powell had 24 off the bench for the Clippers. As a Hornets fan, how does it feel to know that Nick Batum is driving out here in these oh, streets? Oh, well, <laughs> okay, so I, as a Hornets fan, I had a love-hate relationship with Nicholas Batum. When he first got to the Hornets, he was, like, the exact player we needed. And, like, honestly, that was, like, my favorite Hornets team I remember with, like, Jeremy Lin as our backup point guard going to Game 7 against the Miami Heat, you know, the LeBron James list Miami Heat, let me mind you. But... We were like tied. We were tied. I believe six, four, five, and three in the Eastern Conference all had the same record. So we were tied for the third seed in the East, and then only downhill from that moment. I think also I love Jeremy Lin, one of my favorite players in NBA history. So not one of the best, but one of my favorite. Not gonna lie, I thought Nick Batum was retired. No way. Completely thought he was retired. I didn't know where he was. I mean, he's. Just out here hiding. I guess as a Hornets fan, that's why I knew he was still there. Now, at the end of his Hornets career, was not a that was not a good relationship. He was kind of sitting out, not playing, so we had to get rid of him. I think he's a great role player to have coming off your bench. Especially, pri- I mean, he's old now, but prime Nicholas Batum was like a, a player you wanted for sure. He was a great defender, great shooter, underrated playmaker. Like He was a really good player. Mm-hmm. True. Um, so we're shooting this on Saturday. Uh, th- the... First games after the All-Star breaks happen on Thursday. And since that, uh, since we restarted from the All-Star break, there have been, including that game with the Kings and the Clippers, seven 40-point games. So did you say they started Thursday? So there's only been two nights of games? Or did they start Wednesday? Did it start Wednesday? I thought it was Thursday for some reason. I, I don't know. I was asking. I Excellent think it was point. Thursday. I think it was Thursday. All right, well, maximum of three days. Maybe even yeah. two nights. There has been, how many you said? Seven. 40-point scores. Lori Markkinen dropped 43 to beat the Thunder in overtime. He led the Utah Jazz past the Thunder. Um, Shea Gilgis-Alexander dropped 39 in that game. Um, Along with that, Miles Turner dropped 40 just to fall short to the Celtics in overtime. 
And you know what this makes me think of? What? It makes me think, because, like, you know, with all the people who are saying, like, scoring is getting out of hand, and, like, you know, they made changes to help offenses, like, get rid of the, the hand check rule and things like that. This just makes you, like, look at a player like Alonzo Ball, Marcus Smart, Patrick Beverly, and be like, wow, I cannot believe you're able to do the job that you do so well because, like, everything's stacked against you. <laughs> yeah, in that same game, uh, Jason Tatum dropped 31 and 12 rebounds. Uh, Jalen Brown had 30 points and 11 rebounds, and uh, Malcolm Brogdon had 24 points off the bench. Yeah, lots of crazy scoring. The fact that you can have three guys score basically 25, 30, and 30, ooh, that's crazy. I, I was going to say, I just don't know, like, is this sustainable for the NBA to, like, be this all – I mean, they want to be an offensive league. Every more, league it, you want to watch that. Entertainment. But is it good for the league? Is it healthy? Like, is this what's – like, the people want to see it, but they're going to get tired of it, right? It's like when you get, like, an, a new toy that's shiny and exciting. Like, you get, a like, the PS5. Like, at first you're, like, enamored with it. And you still have fun, like, watching it. Like, you'll still enjoy watching the NBA, but you're not going to, like, be as excited as you first were. And it's going to be like, oh, another 150.9. Cool deal. Yeah, I think that's it's just going to start to, like, devalue, you know, a 30-point per game. Like, that's starting to get, okay, if you're a good player, you should get 30 points. But... As far as, like, growth in the league, I almost think that's kind of where a lot of sports are going. I mean, they're wanting as much action as possible. Like, a lot of the re reasons that people like college football better than the NFL is because there's ridiculous scoring in college football. But and that's just, like, eventually you're going to expect more and more and the dopamine hits are going to get weaker and weaker. That's what my concern is. I think eventually you see some one team come out of nowhere, switching it around with a defensive scheme. Oh, yeah. yeah and sure. just have a squad and go all the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're oh. holding every single team to under 80 points a game. And just That would be wild. That would be my strategy. <laughs> that would be there. hilarious. I'm assembling the defensive Avengers. <laughs> 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 no, it's definitely going to uh, change expectations if it keeps up that way. Um, For sure. This is going to hurt Nate as a Wizards fan. Julius Randle dropped 46 to lead the Knicks past the Wizards. Fluke is Julius Randle. No, I don't mean that. He, he shot 7 for 14 from 3. Which is crazy because I'm pretty sure he didn't make 7 threes. Like, I know he had more than 7 points, but I'm not sure if he made more than 7 threes in the three-point contest. <laughs> I know for a fact that Kevin Horder didn't. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. Dang, that's crazy. The insults. <laughs> like, Julius Randle, he's just he's so, he's a very solid player. New York is where he needs to be. He just needs another piece there. Yeah, yeah, they're really good if you want to finish, like, around a play-in spot. Then Julius <laughs> Randle being your guy is all you need. So basically what you said is they're mid. Yeah. <laughs> and that's coming from a Hornets fan who's, like, bottom-feeding off of the NBA. But, that, you know, that's fine. We're going for Victor. I'm trying to speak into existence. <laughs> I hope y'all get him. That would be the best fit. Yeah, Wait, him would. and Lamella would be nice. I just don't want him to go to Houston. That would just be such no. a waste. I'd rather him go to like San Antonio, the I, Hornets. I would want him to go to the Hornets. Him and Lamella would be scary. Or honestly, I take Scooter Henderson. Like I know some people are not a fan of like two guards, but like when you know when you have to stop two ball handlers from scoring and they kind of like LaMelo Ball dropped 32 points or something like last night yeah. against the Minnesota Timberwolves and they won well it's hard to stop two guards who can get a bucket at any point the only way he works on the rockets is if they just let him be the point guard because who uh, um Victor <laughs> oh my god <laughs> because like no disrespect to KPJ and um 
what's their Jalen Green, Jalen Green. Green, but like they um the reason Jabari Smith isn't thriving is because he's not getting good playmaking set up for him. Oh, and he needs to be past the ball and set yeah. up. So I like Hooper. Ja- <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Jabari Smith is. It's like I think he's a solid player. If you traded anywhere else, he'd be a great role player on your team, at least. Yeah. And then lastly, Clay Thompson dropped forty two to lead the Warriors past the Rockets. Speaking of the Rockets. Mm. Well, good. Yeah, good and good for them. Clay passed Steph Curry for the most twelve plus point three point games. Good and for you. Out of them too. I I don't know who else. Right. I'm I sure. think it's all time, most twelve point games. Yeah, I'm sure. But I don't think there's a whole lot of those uh games. Yeah. True. Yeah, well, that's all the news from this week. Uh, we have a brand new segment coming up for you guys. Uh, this is called Pick One. All right, so we'll go ahead and get straight into that segment. And I'm going to present everyone with a scenario. And we're going to go in like a, just a regular one, two, three, back to Nate. You know, if Nate has the first pick. And we're going to just draft a our players based on whatever scenario is presented. So, for example, our first scenario is I need you to name five guys that can get you a bucket. So we'll go with Nate, then Seth, then me, then back to Nate. And obviously there will be no repeats. So if Nate picks Michael Jordan to get him a bucket, there will be no Michael Jordan on me or Seth's list. We're not the first saying, pick I picked. No, I'm just joking. I was going to say, we're not just, you know, just because he's only on one list doesn't mean that we're not saying that you know, he's not good off our list. I just want to make sure that one appearance, so. Yeah, okay, am I first? Right. I mean, is that um, cool with you? Yeah, you can go first. With the number one overall selection <laughs> in the first pick one draft, I select Shaquille O'Neal. Wow. No, honestly, okay. I thought I was going to have Shaq too high because I have Shaq high because it, let's think about Prime Shaq. You're not stopping Prime Shaq unless you throw a double. So, And we're kind of talking about You can put Yao Ming on Prime Shaq. He's still scoring. I I agree. I agree. I thought I was going to be high. I know the thought of get a bucket. It's like, oh, let me cross someone up and get a bucket. But no, let me throw it down low to Shaq. Hey, I I like where your head's at. I got some some players, some big men on my list. Most dominant NBA player all the time. I mean, in his prime. There's an argument for it, yeah. Okay. Um, is it me next? Yep. I'm going to sound biased as I can be right here. Oh With my number one pick and the second overall pick, I'm taking Wardell Stephen Curry. I knew that was coming. Okay, so just to, just to clarify for everyone, we're not making, like, an actual team. So if, like, Nate's is, like, has oh, three centers. All don't, centers. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't hate on him. Um, I don't even want to – I mean, you do you have anything to say about Curry? Or are you just like, yep, that's my guy. I'm going with it. That's my guy, and I'm going with it. I mean, it's the greatest three-point scorer of all time. He's a good inside Very finisher. Very underrated un- inside finisher. Uh, if you throw a trap on him to try to double-team him, he's going to find the open man. Did you know that? Simple as that. Seth Curry, not Steph Curry. Um, of course, lower volume is the third best three-point shooter percentage-wise all time. I really? Did, I, I did actually know that. And actually, I Good believe for him, honestly. It's kind of ironic. I'm pretty sure Hubert Davis is in the top five. Let's go. That's I don't, my boy. Really? Of career three-point shooters in the NBA. Let's go. I, didn't, I don't want to get off track, but like Seth Curry, I watched the whole video today on if he had stayed with Liberty, he could have had Seth like um, I've seen Steph like potential. I've, yeah, I honestly kind of agree because with he, he would have had the Steph Curry because he was putting up similar numbers, mm-hmm. not quite as good, and they're playing for that smaller school. But when he went the Duke, he took that lesser role. But 
Yeah, I didn't want to get off to a far track. No, but I thought that's, it was interesting. That's fair because really the only thing that really hurt him, and like as far as the NBA, is how long it took him to get into the NBA. Because as soon as he got to the NBA, he did well, but it he, just yeah. he was starting to get older. I, also, I don't know what my deal is, bro. I'm yawning so much. Sorry, <laughs> off topic. Um, so I don't think it's gonna come as a surprise to anyone because he was number one on my board. I'm gonna go with Michael Jordan. <laughs> so you why know, would you pick him? <laughs> I, I don't think I have to say anything. Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're back around to me. Yep, that's correct. Ooh, well, I'm I think track of who I picked. I'm going to go ahead and pick this guy because I think my next guy's going to be on the board regardless. With the number all, two overall pick, I'm going to go with Luka Doncic. Hey, so I can't believe I didn't think of him. So so Good far, everyone named has been on my board, but you know a little bit down. So I'm I came down to him or one other person for my second pick, but I think Luka, man, he's just like. You don't expect it, but he's going to get the bucket somehow. He's so dominant, Hey, dude. I had him now further down my list, but I had him too, so I can't argue. It was a solid choice. Is it me? Yep. yep. Go ahead. With my second pick, I'm taking Kevin Durant. Oh, that stinks. Woo. That's exactly who I was taking. Yes, sir. That's a great We're pairing pick. the boys back up. I had, We're winning all the championships again. I just I don't want to talk about your guy because you just took Kevin Durant, but like I honestly had Kevin Durant second. I feel like the – the size, the finishing, the shooting. Like, there's – Kevin Durant might be – if we're talking about scores, like, does – honestly, I have him as the second-best guy to He's top here, three get the ball, give me a bucket. Time. Yep. All right, Steven. All right, so that leaves me with the interesting choice. I, I am a little torn. And now, obviously, we're not making teams, so the fact that I took kind of a ball-dominant guy, Michael Jordan, doesn't have any effect on my second guy. I think, and now this is probably going to be super hated because a lot of people don't give this guy the credit I think he deserves, but I'm going to go with Wilt Chamberlain. Oh, yeah. Okay. A lot of people think that he went against, like, A bunch of dentists. Right, and, like, and that's true. He went, I mean, I'm pretty sure the average height of the NBA at the time he was playing was, like, six foot seven, so. Fair, he did play against a bunch of dentists, but he was so much better than that group of dentists. I mean, and I was also going to, I also think it's worth noting, I don't know if we've ever, and I'm talking about, like, to the modern-day NBA, seen a center with his jumping ability, his strength and his size, all in one. I mean, and his speed. I think the strength because is a big one there. He yeah. is. Fa- he was fast. Like he kind of looks about the same speed as a Giannis Antetokounmpo. I'm not saying he's the same speed, but I'm just saying that's. And weren't there rumors he could bench like 500 pounds or something? Uh, yeah, like yeah. That? you wouldn't think because he, he looks tra- so lanky. He, you wouldn't think he was as strong as it as he was. He was trying to fight Muhammad Ali, and now I'm not saying he would have beat Muhammad Ali. Like that's crazy, but like that just kind of tells you the. The athleticism that this man had. So I'm taking Will Chamberlain. The boy got a dog in him. So uh, for my third overall pick, I'm going with someone, as long as free throws count as buckets, um, but even so, I'm picking prime James Harden. Y'all don't like the pick? No, I honestly I don't have him on my, my I list. I didn't but either, but I'm also Prime don't count? love James Harden, so I don't I don't either, but like I can't deny watching Houston James Harden That's when true. he was on his MVP run. No one was stopping him from getting his points. And as yeah. long as we have the modern day NBA refs, he's gonna get to the free throw line. So I mean that's a very fair very fair. Yeah. I know it's kinda like out of left field, but that's that's no, my pick. I, I respect it. I respect it. Can we uh I wonder if we can come into consensus here. Was James Harden a big uh, poster child for highlight hooping. Uh, successful highlight hooping. That's fair. Yeah, because his team, I mean, like, he, I, I, I'm not saying, like, they should have, but, like, they were very close to beating, 
to me, the best team ever assembled was that Warriors team because you took a 73-9 and Warriors team and added Kevin Durant. Yeah. They had didn't they have two opportunities? Weren't they leading the series like three two? I don't remember. Like that, I, to be so like they had two opportunities to take down the best team ever assembled. So like, you know, highlight Hooper, yes, but like it was effective. So you can only be effective. so much of a highlight Hooper and play aside beside Chris Paul successfully. That's mm-hmm. very true. Nice. Very so true. over to you for your third pick. My third pick. I'm taking Kobe Bean Bryant. Great pick. I was waiting for that one to go off the board. I actually have two people above Kobe. but And here's the thing. I think Kobe doesn't get as much credit from certain people because people are like, oh, he's so overrated. Some people are like, oh, he's so overrated. But also, yes, it's very agreeable. The last few years of his career definitely brought down his hype a little bit mm-hmm. and brought down his numbers as well, his, his stats. But, dude, those are two th- Kobe. 2000, mid-2000s, even early 2000s, to like – 2011, 2012, there's nothing you could do to stop that man from getting the ball in the basket. It was ridiculous. See, I mean, I I haven't... Honestly, I have nothing really to say. Like, I'm going to go ahead and reveal my next guy, uh, LeBron James. Surprise, surprise. Going to go with the guy who has the most points scored in NBA history. LeBron wasn't on my list. Really? I was trying to be different, though, so Oh, that's fair. But the only reason (laughs) I would personally have LeBron above Kobe is now... Something that Kobe has that I honestly, not very many other players in the media have. Like, he has the ability to make any shot. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, got seven-footer right in his face, no space to get the ball off. Like, he has the unreal. I just think he takes a few too many of those shots and, you know, probably brought down his field goal percentage. But anyway, I can't argue. He was right after LeBron on my list, so I'm going to go with LeBron mm-hmm. for my third pick. Now to you, Nate, with your We're fourth back pick. back around to me. Uh-huh. Okay, so with the fourth overall pick, I'm getting so wedged and I can't make decisions, but I'm just going to stay true to my list here, and I'm going to go Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's not. what. Okay. Yeah, okay. Another dominant pick, like Shaq-level dominance at prime. Like, he's still in his prime, so I'm going to go with – I'm going with Giannis. I think he can get me a bucket any moment of any day, so. it's very fair. Um, with my next pick, I'll be taking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Excellent pick. Very good. I thought about him too. All, All right. right. If you don't have anything else, wait. Who was your last pick? Sorry, my ADD kicked in. Mine. Yeah. Giannis. Giannis. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I um I have written out one, two, three. I you know I made a list of players and I, I added some extra players because I didn't know who Seth and Nate was gonna take. But uh, I'm gonna end up getting four out of my five top players that I wanted. The wow. only one I'm missing out on is Kevin Durant. Okay. But I'm gonna get Larry Bird and. I know that seems wild to some people, but, like, if you watch anyone from Larry Bird's era talk about Larry Bird, like, everyone assumes Larry Bird was unathletic just because he was not the highest jumper, but, like, he had speed that very few people Mm realized. Like, he was fast. And you think about a fast guy who can, again, kind of make any shot, I'll take him. Okay. All right, so my last pick, bro. I'm so torn between two players right now. And I'll name the other player. Oh, sorry. I just shook everything. I'll name the other player after I um, pick my first one. Mm-hmm. But I think for my final pick, I'm going to go Allen Iverson. That I, was my next pick. I Dag, knew he had it. to go eventually. I the follow-up. Good for you. The, the ability to create off the dribble. He's my one guy I'm going off the dribble with that's going to score yep. like crazy. Luca, yes, but, you know, and Harden, but not to the same as AI. Because AI, he doesn't have to pull the three. He can, but he's getting to the rim. Mm, um, yeah. But my follow-up to that was Dwayne Wade, Prime Wade. 
That's very fair. I, mean, I, just, I was so stuck between those two. No, that's fair. AI is my last pick. Here's... The, I believe that the guy under this man on my list is actually better all time. But this guy was the better score between the two, in my opinion. And this actually fills out a one through five that I didn't unintentionally got. With my final pick, I'm taking Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, that uh, was your pick? That was... That was, I kid you not, my very next pick. They, yeah. We each picked each other's My next two pick. honorable mentions that were left on my list were Tim Duncan. And then, I don't know, I wonder if you had this, because we've talked about this guy before, Pete Maravich. Oh, I thought about him a second ago. Like, I was like, Pete would be, I thought, he more playmaking. My top really? Yeah. Okay. Can so. I name my other three real quick that were on my list? Oh, can I finish my Yeah, okay, go ahead and finish okay. your draft. <laughs> <laughs> well, that no, I do have in. to say, though, I, so I put a list of 15 together. Um, so now that I have my last pick, 13 of the 15 people I've picked have been marked out, so I think we all kind of agree. I'm just going to go with the guy that I'm surprised no one's even kind of mentioned his name yet. I'm going to go with Kyrie Irving just because. Oh, okay. If you're talking about get okay. him the ball and he will get he's, you a bucket. He can't get a bucket if he's not in the game, Steven. You know, no, as long is... as he can keep it non-controversial off the court. Oh, I was talking about, like, choosing not to play an injury, but, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, that's more of a quiet litter. That's why he couldn't make the list. True. <laughs> yeah. Well, my honorable mentions, then we can do our honorable mentions. Go right. I just have one. One I said Dwayne Wade, but my other ones are Damian Lillard. Very good. And the other two are going to be, like, kind of, like, I told Stephen these already, but they're kind of, like, they're not superstars. But I'm going Jamal Crawford. Very good. Okay, and Lou Williams. Very good. That, that was right. literally their job was to go get a bucket. So yeah. I mean, two of the best six men, six mans of all time, honestly. Yes. Um, who were your honorable mentions? Did you have any? Did you oh, yeah. Any? I already said mine Tim Duncan and Pete Maravich. Oh, yeah. yeah my bad. My bad. Um, I only have one that I put on my list of 15 players that did not get taken. And I'm just going to go with Bob Pettit. And I know that's like. Comes, but like I'm pretty sure if you check, he's uh, points per game is like top ten in NBA scoring, and it's just because of his rare ability. Like he was a six foot seven big man, so like he was faster than any big man and was a much better shooter. So he just was a a matchup nightmare for almost anyone. I can't speak too much on Bob Pettit, <laughs> but I believe you. I I know a little bit about Bob Pettit. I wouldn't have thought anyone would have said him, but I honestly, it makes sense. He, I think he gets overlooked a lot in in certain conversations about like, uh, like um, I think he made top seventy five the the NBA seventy five team right? Yeah, yeah he I'm did okay. Sure. Yeah, but I was like, cause I remember when that came out, people were like, "Who's Bob Pettit?" I was like, "If only y'all knew." Yeah, right. now Bob Pettit was a that bucket. was crazy. <laughs> All right, so our next scenario we're gonna be moving on to is perimeter defenders. So I want you, we're gonna Start name three guys that can get you a defensive stop, pretty much the opposite. And we're going perimeter, you know, let's say they're going up against a guy like a Kyrie Irving or maybe even a Michael Jordan, you know, I mean, are you going to be able to stop Michael Jordan? Probably not, but a guy you would put on the, your front lines that you want to stop on the perimeter. Okay. So, oh, I get you the first, first pick. I think oh, we should, like, mix it up. Real. I am thrilled. I will happily take this. I'm going to go with uh, Gary Payton with my first pick. Great pick. Awesome pick. Uh, other than Marcus Smart, pretty sure he was the last guard to win Defensive Player of the Year. So, and he's won it multiple times. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, actually, I looked it up. I thought he, I saw he only won it once. Oh, I thought he won it twice. Even so, it's sure enough. Yeah, 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 a guard he, winning. He was still a nine-time first all-team defense, though. Oh, wow, he got all the stats. My bad. I thought he won it twice, but what, yeah, yeah. All right, you can go next. You're, you're next. Oh, okay. Uh, with my number two pick, I am taking Sidney Moncrief. 
I I have him on my list, but not second. That's I mean, two time defensive player of the year, five time first team all defense. Your first pick. That's a good. I think he's Very great. Good. I think I just didn't think about him. Sidney Moncrief is one of those names that flies under the radar, but for you sure. look him up and it's like, whoa. For sure. Yep. There's a lot of those guys, but yeah, for sure he's definitely one of them. My number one pick is Tony Allen. First team all defense. First team all defense. There's no telling how many times I've quoted that. So he is that guy. I love defense. it. Okay. All right. Um, I'm gonna go to Kawhi Leonard next. I I realize that there might be someone that's like, but to me I love Kawhi Leonard's actual like his defense ability is very high. He has more. I think he's one of. I believe it's only him and Jimmy Butler that has more career steals than career fouls. Dang. In the NBA. So, like, he's really good. He doesn't commit a lot of fouls, and he's six foot seven with, like, huge hands and long arms. So, he, like, just he will give you anything you need on defense. So, I'm going to go with Kawhi. Great pick. With my second pick, I'm going to take that boy, Michael Jordan. That was going to be my next yep. one. Yep. One time defensive player of the year, nine times straight first team all defense. I mean, I uh, think someone like Michael Jordan is kind of overlooked for their defense. Like, oh, you know, I. That was one of my first thoughts. Right. he's he's He was really good. He wasn't just scoring. Mm-mm. All right. Well, my second pick, I'm going with none other than Kobe Bean Bryant. Um, wow. Excellent okay. defender over the three-year stretch we talked about um, where he was going crazy mid-2000s. He was one of the best two-way players in the mm-hmm. game. Yeah, People don't talk about that a player. lot. Right. He was a defensive beast. He made a lot of all-defensive teams and, and never got credit for it. So. Yeah, I hate to compare him, to, but like it's the exact same thing with Michael Jordan. Because he was so good on offense, the defense gets overlooked. But he was really good, yep. so good pick. Uh, with my last pick, then, I'm going to go with Joe Dumars. Very, very okay. good defender. Again, one of those guys that because he hasn't played, you know, he didn't play in the 2000s. Like, I feel like a lot of players who didn't play in the 2000s, 2010s kind of get overlooked. But he's a really, really good defender. I think you could pick anyone off this bad boy Pistons team and be okay. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, bro, I'm stuck between two guys. Um, and they actually have the same exact, like, accolades. Wow. So, all right, I'm going to just – I'm gonna just throw it. I'm just gonna pick one, and then the uh, and then I have two uh, arm mentions we can talk back talk about after. I'm gonna go with Michael Cooper. Ah, one time uh, defense player of the year, five time first team all defense, three time second team all defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah very solid. Uh, I I like I like that pick, even though I don't know anything about Michael Cooper. <laughs> he was on like the Magic, the Showtime. I can't believe I'm Lakers. calling my. Okay, now that you say that, it rings a bell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, that clicked in a little bit better. I just <laughs> wasn't expecting the name. It caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. All right, my final pick, um, I'm going with Scottie Pippen. Uh, okay. He was on my list. Yeah. Great defender. Um, right there, him and MJ, that defensive duo was nasty. It was crazy. Part and, of the reason they were so good. And then you throw in Dennis Rodman, and that's just a lot of defense. Dear God. Yeah, that, that's all I have to say on that. Well, I actually have no honorable mentions. I mean, there's probably a ton of players that we missed and probably some players that are better defensively than what we even named. But Scotty Pippen was my last guy, so. All right. Well, I, I don't have any honorable mentions either. I do. Uh, number one, which is the guy that I was debating with, with Michael Cooper, Bruce Bowen from the oh, Spurs. Yep. Oh, One-time defensive totally player of the year, five-time first-team all-defense, three-time second-team all-defense. Yeah, no, he's really, really good. You know what? Go ahead. So, no, you're good. What were you going to say? What's sad about this is how many of these names are people not from this era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think part of that is because, like, I'm not trying to say that. But, like, defense is harder now, and it's a mixture of players. First of all, players have more skill. I don't think that's, like, I mean, 
There's a lot more, you know, I'm not saying like the modern day player is better than like a Michael Jordan, but there's a lot more players that can score at will. And plus, like you said, kind of like what you said, the NBA is actually getting to a point where they're trying to make higher and higher scoring games. So it's harder and harder to be one of those really good defensive players. Mm -hmm. True. And then uh, my other honorable mention, which is a guy that I think it's very overlooked for his defense, Dennis Johnson, the point guard from the Larry Bird Celtics teams. True. Three time he was six four, uh, three time first team all defense, two time second team all defense, uh, and honestly, if you watch games, he, that boy was a dog. Yeah. He was he was scrappy, he was raw, and uh, he wasn't afraid to to get down, take charges. Uh, die on the floor, very good hustle player. Hashtag old style Pat Beverly. Exactly. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. All right. Well, that takes us to our last draft, which oh, is... Oh, yep. Uh, we're doing players to facilitate your offense. And now, I feel like you can kind of take that however you want. When I'm thinking of facilitating an offense, I'm thinking of someone who like I can put in charge and like they can balance between scoring themselves and getting others involved. Okay. So I'm not saying someone who... like. You might not want to go with like the guy who can't buy himself a bucket, but like yeah. the guy who can get your offense rolling at a high clip. So that's what I think of when I think of facilitate your offense. Well, so should we mm-hmm. go with Seth? He gets first pick, pick and yeah. we'll go this way. Yeah, I'll start. Um, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I didn't think about it as uh, also can score for himself. And well, it doesn't have to it's, be. It's mostly, so, mostly get someone else but a bucket. But one part but, about being a good facilitator is being able to score if you need to. Right, yeah. Because if you're not a threat, they're just going to look for the pass. But, like, I have guys up here who are not known for their scoring, so. I'm going to go number one pick, Magic Johnson. Great. I mean. Top tier. One of the best facilitators of all times. Yep, very good. All right, well, I'm going to go with his um, second coming. I'm going with LeBron James as my number one overall pick. Those were my top two picks. (laughs) LeBron was my number three. So, no surprise there. I'm going with the guy that I feel like it's under, like, he gets – overlooked a lot for his playmaking and i'm gonna go with larry bird again because maybe just you know maybe you call me a larry bird lover but like sometimes he could facilitate a lot better than, and he was a really good passer and a willing passer sometimes mm-hmm. being in a top tier scorer makes you automatically a great facilitator kind of because you're double teamed and other people are open <laughs> i mean honestly yep. and, and now lebron has one of the highest iqs but like He's the perfect example of like, okay, well, sometimes you have to throw a double because if LeBron's feeling it, you're going to have to throw triple. a double. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And he's going to find the open guy every single time. Um, Is that my next? Back to you. Uh, my second pick, I'm going to take John Stockton. Woo. I mean, I feel really good about that pick. So, yeah, no, really good. Okay. Well, my number two pick, I'm taking none other than Christopher Paul. I think he is a – I was between him and one other guy from the number two, but I think that that's just a great example of a point guard. Mm-hmm. I mean, John Stockton, yes, and then Chris Paul, today's John Stockton. I mean, a little bit different game style, of course, but, yeah. So I just think it's interesting really quickly before I say my pick. So first of all, we all start off with like a six foot eight, six foot nine guy who can facilitate, and then you both went with a short guard, and I honestly – I was going to go with both of your guys as, like, I mean, we're almost falling to a T what I had, but I'm going to go with, a, like, a slightly different aspect, and I'm going to go with Nikola Jokic just because wow. there's only a few centers in NBA history who can pass like Nikola Jokic can. So. I agree. I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, he – Celtics Al Horford back in the day. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. And now I might be off by a couple, but, like, he literally pretty much had 25 points, 15 rebounds, 15 assists the other night. I mean – I didn't see what, that one coming, but that What more sense. can you ask from a center – so I'm going with Jokic with my second pick. Um, 
Oh, yeah. Speaking of yours, who was uh, your last guy? Mine. Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Oh. Honestly, obviously I want the Warriors to win the championship this year, but if they can't, I want the Suns to win it just for Chris Paul. And if they get, he deserves it, if man. If they pick up D Rose and have him wintering with them, yeah, bro, beautiful. Chris Paul deserves a ring, man, and I want him to have one before he retires. He does. Um, with my th- final pick, I'm going to take a uh, Pistons legend, Isaiah Thomas. I love it. Yeah, can't go wrong with Zeke. All right. With my final pick, I'm going with a beautiful Mike D'Antoni run offense. And it was seven seconds or less with Steve Nash. That was my fourth one. <laughs> that was my next pick if I had it. Ooh, none other. You can't argue. Solid pick. So that leaves me with one more. And it's funny because I said someone who can balance scoring and passing in. This guy was pretty much just passing, but it was crazy to watch. He was one of my favorite point guards to watch because it was wild because he would pass it to someone who was not open. But by the time the ball got to them, they were in the perfect position to score. So I'm going to go with Rajon Rondo. Yeah, okay. I love it. He's when you were talking about passing, I was thinking like, like lie, Jason but... Williams. I was like, wait, no, <laughs> he's yeah, on my he's... honorable mentions. Who, Jason Williams? Yeah. yeah, no, yeah, no, that's really good too. But Rondo is just one of my one of my favorite point guards, and you know, obviously, it's just kind of funny how like someone like a Rondo or a Ricky Rubio gets so overlooked, but like when they're not on the team, as soon as they left the team, or like with Ricky Rubio getting hurt with the Cavs, you saw immediately how much worse they got, and mm-hmm. kind of with the Lakers when Rondo left, so. Yeah, uh, I had Rondo on my list on my list originally. I took him off just because of the uh, attitude issues that seemed to be. Yeah, that, that seemed to be the main thing that held him back. I might need to take someone off my list then. Yeah, <laughs> some coaches. Yeah, um, but uh, my only honorable mention that wasn't picked was Stephen Curry. Okay, I think he's a very overlooked facilitator. He's probably on every list for. I Seth. mean, yes, yeah, <laughs> kind of like what you said with the score, like. I feel like Stephen Curry could be an average, but because he draws so much attention, he's just gonna mm-hmm. get other people. <laughs> mm-hmm. So my thing, he, he he's a great facilitator. The thing is, is he's he's a score first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He scores first, which I mean, he can do so very much. So, do you have any honorable mentions? Um, well, I mentioned one, Jason Williams. My other honorable mention was Draymond Green. Uh, that's I also thought of him. I think he's a better facilitator than Steph Curry. He is. Because he runs that offense. Yeah. All he has to do, though, is stand at the top of key and say, Clay or Steph. <laughs> and well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. On screen this time. Exactly. <laughs> Jordan Poole? I, so I think, only... honestly, Clay's an underrated facilitator as well. I, I mean, what really... And defender. I was going to yeah. say, what makes the Warriors so good and what you know made them good kind of still makes them good is that they shared the ball. So, like, mm-hmm. maybe one pit. Steve Kerr is a great facilitator because he's got that offense running. Andrew mm-hmm. Bogut? Honestly, he was a decent passing center, I believe, wasn't he? Wasn't he a pretty good passer? I don't remember, to be honest. (laughs) I think he was just mostly known for shot blocking. Yeah. I I just had one honorable mention, uh, Luka Doncic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know how we didn't think of him at all. Yeah, kind of the same aspect. He's such a great scorer that even an average playmaking guy who can score at Luka Doncic is going to rack up assists, and then you take to the fact that he's above average at playmaking, I'd say, and it's recipe for perfection. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, so that's all of our segments for today. Um, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Music or anywhere you get your podcasts, then uh, go check out our YouTube channel and subscribe over there where you can actually see the visual uh, visual representation of the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, hey, what's up? Uh, go check out our Spotify and Apple Music and any streaming service that you could get podcasts on. Um, also check out our um, Instagram, which is uh, let, at Let the Play Develop Pod. And our TikTok, which is also at Let the Play Develop Pod. Do you have anything you want to say? 
that's it for me. That's it for me. Sounds good. All right. Thank you so much for watching today. We'll see you next time. Peace. Bye.